Nation. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited. He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette sports. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so well. be mad that I did not do a touchdown prop last night. We'll get into it here in a little bit. There's a certain name that I kind of floated out there, and now the odds have been absolutely nuked. That's all right. We've also got Pat Shanley on the uh, on the horn with us here in a little bit. Jeff Broncos getting themselves their first win of the season. Uh, they beat Arsenal with a 50-burger on the board. On Friday night, a game you heard right here on 1017 The Hammer. If you didn't hear it, you can always go back and listen to it at 1017thehammer.com. We post them up there for you. He's going to join us a little bit. He'll talk about the long trip out to Richmond. It's the one member of the conference that makes absolutely no sense to me. Ugh. But hey, we'll talk to him about that and more. But let's go ahead and get started with our Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, uh, impacting NFL kickoff on Thursday nights. Andy Reid, press conference today. Travis Kelsey has hyperextended his knee in practice. Status? Mm. So that's nuked some odds in the touchdown market. This is the weird thing. The odds for Travis Kelsey are still like at minus, what, 130? I mean, I guess it makes sense, because if he plays, you know, he's still a big threat. But his odds haven't come down dramatically. Everybody else's has been nuked, though. <laughs> I'm Look, Noah Gray, I was in on Noah Gray, and I drug my feet, plus 800, and now it's like down to plus 200. Killing me, Smalls. We'll keep you updated. Purdue's Dylan Thieneman named Big Ten Freshman of the Week. The defensive back led Purdue with 10 tackles. All solos, by the way. He is the third Purdue freshman over the past decade to record at least a double-digit tackle in a game. Juwan Bentley, Navon Mosley. He became one of only nine players to record at least 10 solo tackles in the opening week of the season. Oh, don't forget about that amazing interception he had in the fourth. That's just the third time since 96 that a Purdue true freshman has made an interception in their debut. Much deserved, man. That dude was all over the place. And the highlight of that defense clearly on Saturday was the true freshman. And you doubted starting a true freshman back there in the secondary. I was on board the entire time. Yeah, I raised questions about it, but I didn't say I didn't believe in him. 
made a believer out of everybody pretty darn quick. Uh, let's go over to golf, women's golf, senior can but a body. And the Boilermakers shot 270 in the second round over camping yesterday at the Boilermaker invite. That's a program record for a team low by five strokes. Can sets a program record with 63 as well. Best in current LG, uh, LPGA member Paula Reto, who saw a 64 11 years ago, get taken off the board. Bunabody with nine birdies, nine pars. Second overall at last check. Three strokes off the lead in the clubhouse. I believe that that is about wrapped up, and uh, Purdue should beat Alabama by about six strokes. That's the way it looked. But they had this new system out there. It was kind of hard to read everything. But I think I got that right. Even though there's a couple of groups that were still on the course for today, uh, nobody within striking distance. So congratulations. Coach Bergman. We had him back on in the spring. Great dude. Look at what he's got this team doing. Insane. Coach Bradley's got Purdue men's golf team rolling here. They increased their lead by a shot. Take a three-shot lead coming into the final today at the Marquette Intercollegiate up at Aaron Hills in Hartford, Wisconsin. Last time I checked this, Nell Sertani tied for first place. Luke Prawl sixth, just two strokes back. Both two under for the day last time I checked. Of course, uh, Herman Sekney ninth. And they led by a stroke over Chattanooga last time uh, I checked that. Again, like they used to have, it used to be a very nice and easy scoring system, like that you could see when you clicked on the leaderboards and stuff. And I, I don't know what the heck happened, but it got so much more complicated. With are they on? Are they not on? It says final, but they're not final. Like it made uh, zero sense to me. Chattanooga's taking the lead by three strokes. Purdue is still on the course on 10 through 16. They're seven over today. Chattanooga's shot three under. So still a chance to catch. A&M on their heels at plus 15, but they're done for the day. Cal at uh, plus 15 as well. They're also on 10 through 17. That's the last grouping coming up here. So still a good chance here for the Purdue men's team to win that intercollegiate. Meanwhile, um, individually, Nel Sertani falls down to fifth. He is at one under. That's two shots off the lead. Dude from Chattanooga is in the clubhouse at minus three. Kid from Cal also at three under, but he is on 13. Nels is on four, or is through 14, sorry. Luke Prawl is uh, through 13. He is also one stroke uh, under, which puts him tied for fifth. Uh, Herman Sekney is through 10 today. He is one over. Not tremendously low scores today. I think the best here, like four under. So yeah, tough shooting out there in Aaron Hills. I'm still trying to get over the fact that Can out here shooting a 63 on camping. Good Lord. 
I think I did. I, I looked at, and I'm sure they're not in the same tee boxes, but I don't think they're exactly playing in the front. But, like, <laughs> you take the men's city tournament, and, like, nobody comes within, like, ten shots of that round, which is just crazy to me. Uh, good day for the Cubs yesterday. First off, they beat the Giants 5 nothing. Justin Steele, season-high 12 strikeouts, eight innings, uh, two hits allowed. Seiya Suzuki with a two-for-four day, two runs, three RBIs, and a homer. He drove in a run in three of his four plate appearances. Good news does not stop there, though. The Pirates were able to beat the Brewers yesterday 4-2. So that cuts the central deficit now down to two and a half games. Tonight's Cubs game on TBS. The professor, Kyle Hendricks, on the mound. Taking on Ryan Walker. Walker 4-2 and with a 2-1-6 ERA. But uh, he's normally a uh, middle reliever here. And uh, he's going to get the start. As for the Brewers, they're going to trot out Brandon Woodruff against the Pirates' Andre Jackson. And the White Sox got destroyed by the Royals, 12-1 to in KC. Sloten's not good again. Uh, he gets the L, three and two-thirds innings, nine hits, five earned, one K. Still threw like 80-some-odd pitches through three and two-thirds. Got rocked here. Sox get just three hits. Kansas City has 16. Sloten's now lost last five starts. Sox loses a four in a row now. They do get Dylan Cease on the mound tonight versus Brady Singer. Cease has struck out six or more in each of his last five starts, but his walks have spiked, and he's giving up 17 runs in his last 15 innings of work. And there you go. That would be today's Need to Know News for this Tuesday. As we keep on uh, keep on keeping on here for this week, NFL football starts on Thursday night. You know, we like to use our friends over at DraftKings because they've been cranking out some uh, some real good props for us here. Real good stuff. Um, they do have a no-sweat bet on all week one. Get one token for each Thursday, Sunday, and Monday, which is a great way to start things out. They're also doing the uh, up early Promo again, up early. Uh, you got to be up seven points at any point. You win your money line bet on Thursday night. Sunday, they'll do the up 10 early and win for you on the money line. And then a Monday night football, up 10 early and win. Right? So it's all, it's all good, baby. Let's go. Thursday night, we'll have some more picks. I was going to get you some stuff here, but, you know, with Kelsey, maybe, maybe not. Uh, we got we to gotta reevaluate things. I'm off baseball. We're done with baseball. It's football season. And I'm ready to go. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. It's Pat Shanley, Jeff Broncos. He joins us next. And we'll see uh, how he feels about his squad after the win against Arsenal as they head out to Richmond this Friday night. He's coming up next. It's the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. We're over to our Hammerhead hotline coach, Pat Shanley. Jeff Broncos is on with us. Uh, you heard that game here back on Friday uh, on 1017 The Hammer. They uh, beat up on uh, Arsenal uh, with a 50-burger on the scoreboard, which is always nice to see. 50-12 uh, that final, and the Broncos get their first win. First coach, congratulations. You get that first win of the uh, season. I, I know it's a little bit of a cliche, maybe, but... You know, you got to learn how to win, right? I mean, it just it doesn't come 
easy. It, it it's got to be something that you go out there and, and you earn and you take. And to get the first one, I think it's got to feel good for the squad. Yeah, without a doubt, man. Obviously, it, it's uh, you know well known that we got a lot of new faces out here, and uh, you know anytime you can get a get a win uh, at your home stadium or just a win in general on a Friday night, it's a special thing. So. We were happy to get that monkey off our back, per se, um, you know, on Friday, and hopefully it, it leads to uh, you know, many more this season. And Xavier pretty good last night, uh, or on Friday night, sorry, with the uh, quarterback play 12-16, tossed three touchdowns. Uh, of course, when you got uh, some of these playmakers, I mean, almost all of them, I think, well, at least two out of three of those were, were, were big hitters, weren't they? I mean, they were like a 20-some-odd-yard uh, pass. I, I thought he did a great job coming in and uh, slinging the ball for you guys. Yeah, our offense benefited from some short fields that our defense gave us, uh, you know, a few block plunts and, uh, you know, just, just, uh, again, it benefited from short fields without a doubt. And to Xavier's credit, um, you know, he came out first varsity action, um, getting the start and, and he executed at a very high level. And, and that's always good too, to get those guys that are a little bit further down, get those, uh, reps in just in case, uh, you do have some personnel issues like you had here and to be able to do that in a game like that against Arsenal. And come away with it uh, is certainly beneficial. But you know, for as good as the stat sheet looks, and I know the defense had several turnovers and everything too. Um, so much momentum there in the first quarter with the twenty-nine points, and then it just kind of seemed like it, it it just stopped for some reason. There, kind of shed a little light on what you think happened with that. You guys were just rolling there, ready to take it. What you were like inside the six-yard line, I think, before you had the uh, the fumble with your tight end. And then uh, it, it took a while to get back to that running clock. But talk a little bit about gaining that early momentum and then what you feel like kind of slowed that up there uh, going into the second quarter. It was really a microcosm of our week of prep. We were really, really good on our Tuesday-Wednesday practices for about the first three quarters of the practice, and then we hit a wall and didn't finish very strong. And, and really, so, you know, you, you look at the game, we started really, really fast and executed at a really high level. In the second quarter, we had – uh, obviously, the, the fumble that led to a scoop and score for Tech. Um, and, and uh, yeah, it took us a couple drives after that to kind of shake that and, and get back to, to executing at a higher level. So, you know, again, it, it's, um, you know, a good sign of our maturation starting fast. But, uh, you know, I, what I told our team on Saturday morning after we watched the film is that, you know, for us to take the next step, you know, we're, we're going to, to have a stronger second quarter as well. So that is really two games in a row where we started fast. Started fast against Michigan City, and, and uh, second quarter we didn't play very well. So back-to-back weeks, that, that's something that uh, needs to be addressed, and as a coaching staff, we got to figure out. But it seems like at least the halftime message uh, you know, set in, because you guys come out, you get the ball, you drive it down for a score. I know the defense gives it up on the back end, though, but at least it seems like there was a little bit of a response to whatever you guys were talking about coming out of the half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, you know, shout out to our defense staff, Coach Cronk. You know, they they held uh, Tech to three yards per play. Again, we we gave them one of our scores with the with the scoop and score. I thought uh, you know they really set the tone. I think they had uh, we we got them down at, at six takeaways, and and so anytime you can you know hold teams to three yards per play and then take the ball away from them six times, it should lead to you know good success. So um, you know, regardless of at halftime, we kind of just talked about. You know what? What we liked, what they were giving us, and, and how we executed at a higher level uh, on, on particular plays offensively. But again, shout out to our defense staff because uh, you know they had their guys playing at a pretty high level all night. Uh, we're talking with Pat Shanley, Jeff Broncos here on the Hammerhead Hotline. They'll take the long trip all the way out to Richmond for this game on Friday. Uh, this is a matchup that you guys have traditionally dominated. Um, th- this is a Richmond team that traditionally has not been very good over the last. A better part of the of the decade, it seems like. 
I, I know that kids, you know, they look this stuff up. They know that. You talk about the good starts and then just not, you know, have those problems in the middle here, too. How, how do you keep them from the complacency? How do you keep them focused uh, on an opponent like this that uh, maybe you could you know, end up repeating the bad habits that you saw last week against Tech? Yeah, I mean, we're just not – we're not to the point where we can overlook anybody, honestly. We, we don't have the experience. We don't have – we haven't played at a high enough level that, uh, you know, we can just show up and play against anybody and have success. So we've got to continue to focus on – what we're doing Monday through Thursday and, and uh, you know, making sure that we're executing at a high level with everything that we're doing. And, you know, again, if we can continue to take, to make strides there and, and, and start in practice fast and finish in practice at, at a high level, uh, again, I think we're going to continue to play better football. So, you know, I do want to give Coach Kearns and, and Richmond a shout-out because you can see a great deal of improvement. I, I understand their record. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they've got several guys back from last year, a lot of starters back. But uh, they're, they're playing hard and they're doing a lot of good things. Um, you know, so it's definitely a much more competitive football team, and you can see that he's he's got his stamp, and um, he's leaving his mark all over that program. They're they're a much better team from what they've been the last couple of years. What are some of the things specifically, or maybe uh, players and positions that uh, worry you when you take a look at the tape on Richmond? Well, just the multitude of formations. He's like a spread wing T um, philosophy, and they do a lot of different formations. They've got a sophomore running back at number nine who's a really talented kid, and they, they like to run their quarterback, and, and, and they just try to find numbers. So, um, you know, it, it's a tough deal with, with uh, you know, just making sure you're getting lined up right and not letting them outnumber you. Uh, but, uh, again, they, they do a tremendous job doing that. And then defensively, you know, they're going to load up the box and they're going to make it tough to, to run the ball. They're going to challenge you on the perimeter, and uh, you're going to have to have success on the outside in order to, to back them off and, and maybe lighten the box a little bit. Broncos taking the uh, long trip out to Richmond on Friday night, hoping to come back with a uh, another victory, and then uh, they'll get set for Muncie Central at home on the fifteenth. Coach Pat Shanley, Jeff Broncos, uh, Coach, always a pleasure talking with you, especially after a W here. Best of luck in that road trip on uh, Friday night. Go out there, perform well, and get yourself another victory. Hey, thanks again, Jared. Appreciate. It. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer or 1017thehammer.com. We're going over the Hammerhead hotline and uh, we're going to bring in uh, what we got Scott Madison are on the line here from uh, Purdue Sports. Another busy week of Purdue athletics that you can get on out there and enjoy. Guys, always a pleasure to have you. Um, you know, it's uh, we got golf wrapping up today on campus. Uh, shout out to the women's golf team, Coach Bird, and everybody can getting that record uh, yesterday. But uh, let's talk about some other things you can attend this week. Soccer is back on Thursday. Uh, we've got TCU. Uh, they're coming into town here, and it's uh, it's a grocery tote bag giveaway. Tell me a little bit about TCU Thursday night Purdue soccer. Yeah, so like you said, uh, soccer will be taking on TCU Thursday at 7 p.m. Um, it's our student appreciation night, so we encourage students to come out and support Purdue soccer. Uh, we'll be giving away Purdue-branded grocery totes, like you mentioned, um, and then you can bring those back again on Sunday. Uh, we'll have a farmer's market that will be going on pregame up until about halftime of the game, and this game will be against Western Kentucky. The kickoff will be at 1 p.m., um, but yeah, we got a full weekend of soccer and some exciting things coming up. 
So I got to wear some overalls on uh, on Sunday. Is that the case here? Got to get my farmer's market on. Uh, that's uh, that's really, really cool. So you go out Thursday, get your tote. Uh, you can come out to the farmer's market on Sunday. The I don't need to have the tote to go to the farmer's market on Sunday, correct? So if I miss Thursday, I can still do the farmer's market on Sunday. That is correct, yes. All right. We want to make sure we drive that point home. By the way, how do I pick up tickets for uh, Purdue soccer? What do they cost? No tickets necessary. Admission is free all season long. That's what I love about it. So come on out and, uh, again, enjoy that farmer's market, which is Sunday. Uh, 1 o'clock is uh, the start of that matchup against the Hilltoppers. Thursday night, you can come out there and get those free tote bags uh, when they take on TCU as the team returns home uh, from that uh, little road swing they've been out there on the uh, left coast. All right, Scott, a hey, volleyball is coming back here. Hey, nice weekend in uh, Lawrence, Kansas. A nice little rebound here. They've got action over in Holloway Gymnasium this weekend starting Friday night and Saturday as well. Tell me about that. That's right. Coming off a couple good wins um, on the road. Um, volleyball team will be back in Holloway Friday at 7 p.m. against SMU as part of the Safety Clark Classic. That'll be for game one of it. Um, and then Saturday, also at 7 p.m., we'll play the winner of either Kentucky or Houston, and that is alumni night, and that'll wrap up the Stacey Clark Classic. So Saturday night um, should be a good matchup, either opponent, a um, couple exciting games in Holloway this weekend. Yeah, and uh, if you haven't been out to see this team yet, uh, you need to make sure that you do that. Uh, go and, and watch these young boilers. They're fantastic. I mean, just the sound, the thud that Chloe Shacoin makes with her like fist in that ball is uh it's scary. Uh, she's absolutely amazing. Uh, and, of course, the rest of the team is as well. So get on out there and support your Boilermaker volleyball team. That is this weekend. Guys, If uh, also, too, football tickets are still available. I know Syracuse is sold out, but you still have plenty of good tickets for the rest of the matchups, correct? That's right. So, yeah, as you said, Syracuse is sold out. Um, we do still have tickets for Wisconsin starting at $25. So if you don't have tickets to Wisconsin, um, head on over to PurdueSports.com. And you can make sure you get your Wisconsin football tickets before they sell out. It is a Friday night matchup, so it should be a lot of fun uh, on the 22nd of September. Tickets for Wisconsin sounds like a great album name, doesn't it? Like, that's a great, you just slap that on. I only need a good band name. It's like, just listen to my new album, Tickets to Wisconsin. Yeah, I think that sounds great, Jared. All right, I appreciate that. Thank you guys so much. And again, if you want to pick up tickets for Wisconsin or any other football games, volleyball, where do you go do that at, by the way? PurdueSports.com. It's so simple, you guys. All right, hey, we always appreciate the time. Boiler up. We'll see you next week. Boiler up. Big thanks to those two there for putting us up on stuff here. Again, soccer Thursday and Sunday, and you got uh, volleyball Friday and Saturday. I have Purdue volleyball tickets to give away. We're going to do it tomorrow. Uh, I'm having an issue logging into my texting thing, so uh, I promise you we will have those tickets for the Saturday finale for you. Uh, we'll give them away via text tomorrow. Now, uh, you had some time. Have you calmed down from what happened on Saturday? You know, Purdue losing that one. I, here's, I understand the frustration. I I really do. Um, but I, I think there's there's a lot of things that you you need that day or two to really put into perspective. One, Dylan Thieneman was fantastic. He's your Big Ten Freshman of the Week. He I, he was all over the place. I mean, he was the spark plug. He was the guy 
for that Purdue defense yesterday. That interception that he rolls in there too, I mean, absolutely clutch. He was great. I think where you lose it on defense clearly was the secondary and an inability to uh, cover Brooks. Nine catches, 170 yards, two touchdowns. Felt like a lack of double teams at times where you'd really want to see that. I mean, he was just an absolute dagger. Nine plays, 79 yards, three minutes, 31 second drive. You needed your defense to respond better, and it did not. And I think it's especially upsetting because you thought that bringing in Ryan Walters, it was the offense that was going to be slow, not the defense, especially not the secondary. And they were unable to adjust. That's a, It's a tough pill to swallow when you look at it like that. I don't like being outscored in the fourth quarter either. But Purdue's defense cannot give up 39 points and expect to win. I that That's flat out. You can't do that. I thought offensively Hudson Card looks solid. It was 17 of 30 for 254 and a couple of touchdowns. It's going to take time, but those numbers will come up even higher. Devin Mockaby seemingly struggled to run, specifically up the gut. Right, that, that between the tackles running was not there. But, again, perspective, I know, not excuses, but perspective. That you were down to what? You're, you were lucky to have your second string left tackle and not be down to the third one there. You were down to a third string center, a fourth string center at one point. You're on your third tight end. I know that doesn't do much with the interior, but I'm just saying the run game in general. Despite that, Mockaby finishes 16, 60, 16 carries, 60 yards. It's about almost a four yard per carry average, which isn't terrible, but should be better. You know, passing Dion Burks, obviously, that amazing 84 yard touchdown catch was a hell of a run. Two touchdowns for him. But outside of that, eh, there wasn't a whole lot going on. You're hoping for a little more out of T.J. Sheffield. Three catches, 22 yards. Mockaby, three for 16 out of the backfield. Tyrone Tracy gets the touchdown, but actually accounts for his rushing and receiving for a negative yard. But he does get the touchdown. Again, hard to run in between those tackles. It was Those were big defensive tackles, too. That you're going up against against Fresno. This is not, and I saw that stat of how much was paid for them to come out for this. This is not like a lead the Lambs to a slaughter type Division II team. This is a well-coached team that had some talent on it. But Purdue needed to win that game. You wanted to get the six wins you needed really to win that game. 
They failed to do that. There's some things to build on there. I'm not one of these people. It's like, okay, hit the panic button. Hit the panic button. Hurry up. I thought this was all going to be great. Why, why, why do we stink? I feel some of my fears were realized. And we talked about this on the show, where you're trying to get all, an entire new coaching staff, an entire new offense, an entire new defense, brand new quarterback trying to sync up with receivers, completely new secondary, essentially, and you are trying to get all this stuff installed, everybody on the same page, understanding strengths, weaknesses, and we're doing this in the course of, what, four months? Five months? As tough to do. Jared, Colorado was terrible. Look what they went down to see against TCU. Yeah, they went down to TCU. And they also got a whole bunch of, how many of those like five-star dudes transferred in for Dion? That also helps. Plus, TCU does not have the same personnel to warrant a top 25 rating. They just don't. I, I am disappointed with the Purdue loss, absolutely. But I, there were some real bright spots that you like. If they would have just shored up the, the, the passing defense, boom, fantastic, no problems. But you gave up 371 yards of passing at home. That is disconcerting. you got to be better in that aspect, especially when you're bringing in a head coach, and, and this is supposed to be, yeah, you know, look at how many guys that he put in the secondary in the NFL early in the draft. That was supposed to be a calling card. They didn't have it. Now, I don't know if that's a sign that they don't have the, you know, the, the talent's not enough, it's not there. I'm not exactly sure whether or not it is Coaches didn't have them prepared properly. Game plan was an issue. Or that perhaps just some of these guys had bad days. You know, that still does happen. I know you don't like to admit it. But sometimes good players have bad games. I expect them to be, I expect that unit to be better against Virginia Tech. I mean, they have to be. Tech had 259 yards passing last week against Old Dominion. And they didn't exactly blow the doors off of Old Dominion. It, I mean, at the half, it was 16 to 10. They didn't score any touchdowns in the fourth quarter either. But they came out and played well in the third quarter. I expect that secondary to be much better when they go into Blacksburg. They they just they they have to be. And this team wants any bit of pride, it's gotta start there, and those guys have got to make the plays. Dylan Thieneman was great on the back end. 
better than I ever imagined him being for his first game. I thought he'd be solid. I thought he'd be serviceable. That interception was crazy. His speed was crazy. The special teams tackle he made, crazy. He very much looked the part and looked like he belonged out there on that field. I just needed some of those corners to play with that kind of confidence. And they did not. So we'll see how it shakes out this week. Um, you know, it's still early. But this will be this is a fantastic test with a great atmosphere in Blacksburg that you'll be able and and this is a team that again Vegas has this one pretty close. It's it's almost a it was almost a pick 'em. I think it's gotten down to like two and a half for Virginia Tech. So that close, Purdue definitely has a chance in this one. Definitely. But they need to go out. They need to make a statement with that secondary. And they need to make a statement on defense. Hopefully you get a piece or two back or more healthy on that offensive line. And you're able to run in the interiors. People are yelling, hey, let's just stop running in the interior. Look, if you completely abandon that, they'll adjust. And then you're not going to be able to run to the outside. you got to do it every now and then to keep modest. Maccabee did the best that he could. That offensive line did the best that they could. But we told you, listen to Kyle and myself going into that one. We knew those big defensive tackles for Fresno were going to be a problem. Compound that with the lack of depth that you had on offensive line on Saturday. And a lot of what you saw on offense, you know, it made sense. We're going to take our final break. We'll come back. We will wrap up the Hammer Down show next with things we missed and more on 1017 The Hammer. We're back on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Uh, hopefully tomorrow we'll have these tickets for Purdue Volleyball Saturday night, 7 p.m. in Holloway Gymnasium. You'll be able to text to win those. Uh, that, I promise you, is because I just now got it working again, uh, will happen tomorrow, all right? Uh, let's get into some of the things we may have missed. Congratulations to uh, former McCutcheon Maverick current Boilermaker Chloe Shacoin. Uh She is the Big Ten Freshman of the Week in Volleyball. A little rough start to the volleyball season, but uh, they definitely bounced back over the weekend. A couple of top 25 victories. She uh, led the team with 41.5 points over two matches. Second on the team in digs and uh, double-doubles in each win. She led all players with 21 kills in the win over Kansas. Uh, then 17 kills in the second match on a season-high 55 swings. So uh, shout-out to the former Maverick her very first Freshman of the Week award, and I'm sure uh, she's got a couple of more. With that howitzer of an arm that she has. I mean, have you watched this woman spike a ball? Scary. Whew. I want to be on the other end of that. You heard Dave Shondell. We talked about this back in the spring with Coach Shondell, man. He told you what kind of hitter she was. Don't say we didn't warn you. Uh, we did mention that Dylan Thiedemann, uh was your uh, big winner of the football freshman of the week award. Uh, as for golf, uh, they were round, they were wrapping up round threes on Campin and up at Aaron Hills. Uh, up at Aaron Hills, Purdue on uh, fifteen through eighteen, 
Still just two strokes behind Chattanooga, who is wrapped for the day. They've got a one-lead, uh, one-stroke lead on Cal, who sits in third right now. So shout out to uh, Coach Bradley and the uh, men's team. Hopefully, they could make up a couple of strokes here. But it is, it has been hard, hard sledding out there. It seems like uh, for everybody, not a lot of birds to be found out there. Or just I wouldn't be able to find them. That's for sure. On the women's side, you know, Boilermaker Classic, they were uh, so... Oh, by the way, I guess I should have uh, brought up the fact that the uh, individual leaderboard for uh, Purdue Boilermakers were still on watch here. Herman Secny has climbed into the top five. He's at one there, and there's still two strokes off of the lead. Uh, the leader right now, one in the clubhouse, the other one uh, through 15. Herman's through 16, and that uh, trails by uh, two there. Nelson Tani is uh, through 15 as well. He sits at even three strokes off the lead. So you got two Boilermakers there in the, uh, I'm sorry, three Boilermakers in the top ten. I forgot about Luke Prawl, who is also at one under tied with Herman at uh, the fifth spot. So there you go. That's good news there. Meanwhile, the uh, women's team was trying to round out the, uh, the Purdue Boilermaker Classic. And it looks like we've gone final here. Cam Bunabody. Uh, we'll finish second, uh, three strokes uh, behind Minnesota's Isabella McCauley. But that 63 still absolutely legendary there. Jocelyn Birch uh, shot a uh, 74 today after coming off uh, tying her career high yesterday, 69. Put a 69 up around one, 69 around two. And then uh, 74 today, that was good enough for uh, six. Momo, uh, Momo Sugiyama. Comes in the top 10 at ninth, uh, minus one for the round shot, a 73 today. As for the team leaderboard, they do close it out here. Six-stroke victory over Alabama. So uh, congratulations to the Purdue women's golf team as uh, they bring home a W there. Good things, man. I was incredibly proud of uh, that round yesterday. I mean, they set the team record by like five strokes for a round. How can you not love that? Good for those squads. All right, that's going to about do it for us here on the uh, Hammer Down Show. Man, I was looking for other things to rant about here. But to be honest with you, I, maybe I've just come, it's a three-day weekend. Have I calmed down after the three-day weekend? Saturday, I was going into that Colorado game just absolutely irked by Colorado because of just the amount like you watch games on we talked about this you watch the Fox game Thursday night the Minnesota and Nebraska game it's like every five seconds coach prime Colorado coach prime Colorado I get it's their big game but holy smokes like I had this irrational hate for them and then they go into BYU and I don't know if it's a I guess it is a big shocker. I mean, they're like a double-digit dog, but they were one of those darling upset picks if you wanted to take the points on Saturday. And because of that, they've shot into the AP poll. Is that warranted? You knocked off one top 25 team? I mean, you embarrassed the top 25 team. Is that enough to get you into the top 25? It is. 
Do they deserve that? I need another game to figure it out, to be honest with you. There's so much about the program that just, like, it's not for me. Like, I know a lot of people were upset. You see the the letters on there? They don't have captains. They have leaders, and they have dogs. Not captains. I. The people that are upset about that, why? Why are you upset? Let them do their thing. Honestly, to me, this is like the P.J. Fleck row the boat stuff. I think it's a little corny, but if it works for them, it works for them. Let them do them. I'm not going to lose my mind like some of these national writers are. That it's immature. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is a little ridiculous, but I'm not a 20-something-year-old kid, and that's not the language that I use. That's the language they use. And if that's what they want to do, then cool. That that's that's fine. I'm not going to be old guy yells at a cloud that it needs to be a C on there, and that's what they need to do. Leave them alone. You guys do you. We'll see where the chips fall at the end of the season, and then let's criticize then when we have a full body of work. How about that? On stuff like that, we'll see. Early returns are good in Colorado. We'll see if they can keep the momentum. That's going to do it for us on the Hammer Down Show. We're back again tomorrow. Uh, Coach Brian Nang on the program with us and those volleyball tickets to give away tomorrow.